news is one of the most insightful businesswomen that I know. Sarah is absolutely amazing. Sarah's wisdom, enthusiasm, and positive outlook on life motivates me to be a better person. Her ability to see the very best in people is just awesome. Sarah's coaching and mentoring inspired me to become an entrepreneur. What an inspiration. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm joined by my incredibly handsome husband, Adam. Hey. Hey, babe. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. How are you? Doing great, as always. <laughs> Yay. I love that. Well, I always love the time that we get to sit down and chat and listen to these amazing people that we talk to on our Destined for Greatness podcast. Super fun. Today, we have an amazing woman. We have Jenna Claire Mason Moffat, which do you know what she does, Adam? I do. And even... Since we've moved to Nashville and been in this area, we learned that anybody with two first names gets instant credibility. <laughs> that is so true. We have learned a lot about the two names. That's like a Southern thing, isn't it? Is. It is, yeah. but it's super cool and uh, and something that we didn't get back in Texas very often. No, we didn't. We have Jenna Claire, and that is her first name, Jenna Claire. And um, she actually stars in the traveling Broadway show of Wicked. How cool is that? Super cool. Now I need to go watch it. Oh my gosh, yes. Well, we are going to do that for sure as a family because she has promised the kids that they can try on her Galinda crown. And Galinda is the good witch, if you're not familiar with Wicked. And um, the Wicked Witch is her friend, Mary Kate. Um, Alphaba is her name. And we fell in love. The girls and I went in Nashville. And um, what was so cool is that I had just met Jenna Claire at a Dream Big conference that Bob Goff was having in Nashville that I actually got to work. And um, I kind of talk about it in the podcast, but we're at the breakfast bar and she's like the most beautiful, precious, like really once I found out she was the good witch, I'm like, oh, no duh. She like was precious there. And, but it wasn't until uh, the girls and I were at Wicked, I see her on stage. I'm like, oh. I know her. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. But her story is fantastic. It is fantastic. And I I can relate to a lot of what she talks about in this where I found out that there was a job that you could work at a baseball stadium. People pay you to do it <laughs> and to try to entertain people and get people to the ballpark. And I love when she starts talking about that she knew that that's what role she was going to do at yeah. a very young age. And she went and told her dad that that's what she was going to do. And she was going to be Glenda. And and, uh, and it's happened. Just like in my story, I've, uh, I remember telling my dad I was going to be the general manager of a minor league baseball team. And, and here I am now, uh, yeah. 20 years later, doing doing my dream. And, so cool. and it all comes back to a parent supporting you. And uh, just think if her dad's reaction or my dad's reaction was anything negative, mm-hmm. then I would have definitely gone down a different path and she would have too. Right. Yeah. And she talks about how supportive her parents are and have been. And I think that's such a key. And for you and I being parents to just remember that, you know, there's no dream too big for our kids and to keep pushing them towards that. And you push so hard for the power of words. Yes. And uh, it's such a great example of mm-hmm. encouragement at a young age, you never know where they can dream. Mm-hmm. Well, I think about the power of words actually the other day why we took Hank to a baseball lesson and it was like normal lesson, but this guy said, you are the best 
seven-year-old baseball player I've ever seen. Now, I don't really believe that was true, but Hank ran over and said, that was the best lesson of my life. He thinks I'm the best seven-year-old. And he's been dying to go back each week, and it was because of the power of those words, which is incredible. And then that next lesson that he went to was his best lesson yet. And I think it was so cool. confidence was built up and, and certainly a great example of, of, again, those power of words. Power of words. Well, Jenna Claire totally had um, an interesting, amazing story. She had the big dream when she was 13 um, at a New York show watching Wicked to one day be Galinda. And that's how you say it. And you will know that once you're at the show. But um, she had never had a leading role until she gets this traveling Broadway show. Is that not unbelievable? It is unbelievable. And, and we haven't talked about it but looking at uh, on YouTube videos of her it her personality just jumps out because at her wedding she did a crowd surf in her wedding dress <laughs> it's all over YouTube and uh, and it just uh, made it funny to me that her personality is big and and uh, and entertaining and for her not to get any of those roles, I know. I'm sure that natural personality in her is there. Right. And, and to not get those roles, it's right. just fascinating. To and me. the role of a lifetime now. And now I think she's just holding your breath like, okay, now I want to be on that Broadway stage. And let's just make a pact right now, Adam, that when she gets to that Broadway um, show that you know what I'm going to ask, right? That of we, course. We just go. Yes. Like, we just have to go. We have to support our friend. You yes. Know, it's very important. <laughs> Even if it's a three-hour notice. Three-hour notice. Whatever it takes to get there. We will be there. <laughs> we will be there, Jenna Claire. Well, she is so engaging and exciting. And the fun thing about her is we could have talked for hours and hours just because her story is so neat. She's from Nashville, so we have a lot of the same connections. We knew a lot of the same people. And um, she's just continuing to dream big, which I think is so remarkable. Remarkable. She lives a really extraordinary life and um, gets to entertain for a living and um, continues to dream big dreams. And she, in fact, is completely destined for greatness. So I'm excited for our listeners to listen. And here we go with Jenna Claire Mason Moffitt. Okay, today on our show, I am super excited to have Jenna Claire Mason Moffitt who stars as Galinda in Wicked. Jenna, thank, Jenna Claire, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for having me, Sarah. I'm so happy to be here. Me too, girl. Okay, so just to kind of let the listeners know how I came about knowing you is you were at a conference and you were there to dream big. And I was working it, and so I just met you for a few minutes. I didn't even realize what you did, but when I met you... It's like perfect that you were Glenda because you're like <laughs> so sweet, so Aww. beautiful. And just um, when I met you, I met you at the breakfast bar and you're just so kind and um, just soft-spoken and awesome. And then um, I think it was about three months later, I took my girls, Lucy and Lola, along with their friends to go see Wicked. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a small world. Yes, it is. And girl, we were just blown away by your sheer talent. And um, so then, of course, I looked you up on Instagram and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's totally fun. And I just really got engaged with who you were, knowing you're a Nashville girl. So can you kind all of... because of the breakfast bar. All because of the breakfast bar. That's breakfast bar is bringing people together because breakfast <laughs> is the most important meal of the day. Girl, you are on it. That is so true. Okay. So can you kind of let our listeners know 
um, what you're doing right now. Yes, I'm playing Glinda on the national tour of the smash hit Broadway musical, Wicked. And uh, there are two different productions happening right now in North America. There's one on Broadway and there's one that's traveling. And I actually started as the standby for the part on Broadway. And I did that for about 16 months. And now I've been on the road as the part full time for a little over 15 months. So it's wild. I'm coming up on almost three years at the show. But it's it's my favorite musical (laughs) I'm happy about that that is so cool now tell me um do you enjoy this travel because I mean girl you're everywhere do you enjoy that I think like anything it has its pros and cons um I traveling is really fun and it's really awesome to see the country and my husband and I are currently based in New York City but I feel like should we ever decide to move anywhere else at some point in our lives, we'll have a very good idea of North America and all that it holds and, and be able to make an educated decision about where we want to plan our roots. But it's that. definitely unique. I remember the first year we were married, I was on tour with a different show and I had a girlfriend um, from back in Tennessee sit down with me and say, you know, you're missing out on a lot of firsts that you're supposed to have your first year of marriage. And I remember it kind of knocked me down for a minute. <laughs> it was like, well, this is, you know, this is my story and this is, this is the, the decisions that we made in the past that, you know, my husband and I chose together. Right. But I remember thinking maybe we just have a different set of firsts. Yes. And this is what our firsts look like. And we will have been married five years this month and, and we're continuing to have an exciting <laughs> series of firsts from Omaha, Nebraska to Appleton, Wisconsin. And, you know, I haven't slept in my own bed in six months and wow. that hard yeah. uh, for a while. I was trying to jet home to New York city between every city we were stopping in, but it, after about five months of doing that, it really started to wear me down. And ultimately, I want to be healthy so I can yes. do the role eight times a week. And, and traveling is, makes that really challenging. Yes. Oh, I can only imagine. Well, you have perfected the role like no other. Oh, you're so I mean, sweet. It's like when you're watching, it's like you can't help but want to be you, you know? And so um, I think about that with my girls is they're like, oh my gosh, she's one so beautiful. She gets to come down in a bubble. Like how great is that? And it was just it's a pretty epic entrance. <laughs> totally is. Totally is. And your voice is just so beautiful. And when we were leaving the show, we were talking about like, okay, would you want to, would you want to be any of these girls? And really both of um, the good witch and the bad witch, my girls were like, either. I mean, it was so amazing, the talent that you had. Um, And what I think about is that's where we see you now, but there's always a story behind kind of how you got to where you are today. So kind of take us back to when you first had your eyes set on um, this role. Of course. Uh, Well, that takes us back really far. I think I always say I think musical theater was in my bones at an early age. My parents kind of raised us on the musical theater classics like Sound of Music. And, you know, my first soundtrack CDs I owned were My Fair Lady and Annie and Cats. And (laughs) I always kind of liked musical theater. And and then I saw my brothers auditioning for community theater. And that got me interested in also auditioning and in fourth grade, I was on a business trip with my parents in New York City, and my mom took me to see my first Broadway show, Les Mis. Mm. I was in Roquet at the Imperial Theater. Wow. <laughs> and 
I remember looking at her at intermission. We always have important intermission discussions. And I said, <laughs> you know, people do this for a living. And that was mind boggling for me. Like my parents are um, Amer- American manufacturers and they make roller racers and water slides. And I thought that was cool and all, but come right. on, singing and dancing and acting and, and like getting paid for it. I thought, wow, that sounds like, that sounds like the dream, right? Right. Um, and then fast forward a few years later, we're at um, another business convention in New York and I was with my dad and the lady at the front desk of our hotel recommended this new show that had just come out called Wicked. Wow. My my dad and I went and tried to get tickets and it was sold out and we actually went back a second day and did the lottery, didn't win. We were the first people though in the cancellation line and we got fourth row (gasps) seats. Oh my word. see Wicked the Musical and another important intermission conversation. (laughs) I looked at him and said, I'm going to play Glinda someday. Wow. So um, my father, who is very encouraging and supportive for the record, but he was like, yep, you and every other little girl. Like, I think he recognized that it was pretty far-fetched, but I remember seeing the show. I remember how distinct Adina Menzel's jawline was. I remember how beautiful and fluffy Kristen Chenoweth's dresses were. You know, I wanted to fly in the bubble. (laughs) Right. Wow. And what age were you at that point when you saw that and were, and that clicked for you? I saw Wicked for the first time when it first came out, I was 13 years old. So that That was back in 2004, three. Wow. Okay. So you had your eyes set on, this is who I want to be. Take us um, on the journey of, you know, did you get every role that you wanted? No, (laughs) no. I think people assume, okay, she wanted to be Glinda and now she's Glinda. And so were there failures and detours and frustrations um, with definitely take us? I feel like, I feel like I have a, I could make a whole ministry for high school kids that don't get cast as leads in their, in their high school plays. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here to tell you, I did not get. Granted, I went to school with a really talented bunch of kids, mm-hmm. but I did not get a single solo or part that I wanted in high school. Wow. Or middle school for that matter. Wow. So it's kind of funny. In retrospect, I'm like, what made me think that I could go do this professionally on Broadway right. when I couldn't even play yeah. I couldn't even play Maria in the sound of music. <laughs> so what did like did you feel defeated when that happened or were you just like, okay, next one's gonna be mine? I feel like I had some people that really believed in me mm-hmm. and that their words were the were the words of encouragement that I really carried with me. You know, mm-hmm. teachers that saw something in me. Wow. That, Maybe the casting directors in my high school did it, which is okay. Yes. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but I, I took dance at Franklin School of Performing Arts, and I was taking voice lessons at J. Kelly Studios, which is now, I think, uh, Franklin Brentwood Arts Academy. And um, someone who was a huge, huge influence on me, you might know her. Her name is Allison Allen. Yes. To Carnegie Mellon for musical theater. She was on Broadway. I had um, somebody connect us when I was probably, it would have been my junior year of high school. I started taking private acting classes with her. And that was, that was a big turning point for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Getting to train with her privately. And I, I just think she's, she's amazing. I also started taking voice lessons at um, Vanderbilt Blair School of Music. So I think that kind of launched me a little bit more vocally, you know, to mm-hmm. take it seriously and, and you know, studying operas. 
not for the faint of heart. <laughs> right. Well, I love that because you're, you know, I think a lot of us have big dreams, but a lot of people see, okay, she's Glenda today, but there was a lot of steps and hard right. work and failures that you had to overcome to finally get the role. Now tell me, um, when you audition for this role, how does that work for us who just go to Broadway musicals, but don't know the backstory? How does that work to, you know, audition for something like that? So I went to Elon University. They have an amazing musical theater program. I got a BFA from there in music theater. And I actually ended up getting my agent through my university. Wow. Um, a series of agents came down and, and auditioned us spring of our senior year. So that was a huge leg up moving to New York, having somebody already kind of in your field helping you and, and promoting you. So... Um, to try to put it simply, casting directors cast shows. Right. And they put out um, almost an ad, if you will, in what's right. called the breakdowns. And it's kind of a breakdown of the character and all that it would entail and, you know, would they, what their voice type would be and maybe what they would want them to look like, possibly, things like that. And, or things, yeah, things that, uh, adjectives that would describe the character. Right. And so agents, your agents who represent people would, would go through and submit their clients. They'd say, oh, I think this person is good for this, or I think this person is right for this. Okay. So then the casting director gets to decide, yes, I do want to see this person for this part, or no, I don't. So it's, wow. it's like whether or not you get an appointment for it. So I got an appointment Oh, it was it was my first audition actually when I moved. Wow, to really? I for it, I think I auditioned for it for two or three years before I ever got it, and that's that's kind of the story for a lot of people in Wicked. Mm -hmm. I've kind of decided that auditioning for Wicked is kind of like dating. <laughs> <laughs> I think because it's such a long, you know, it's been running for almost fifteen years now. I feel like the audition process for them is is getting to know you. Yes, and. I think the casting director, Craig Burns, is a really special guy. And I think he does such a good job of putting companies together for the show. And I think it's because he's taken the time to get to know the people in the show. Right. Wow. I think that's so cool because in any sort of business, no matter what business you're running, and he essentially is running a business. I mean, you guys are traveling the country together and you have to have the right people. You have to, right. like you said earlier, you surround yourself with good people and to have a good business, he's got to have castmates that are going to get along. And let me tell you, I was, when I first looked at your Instagram, I'm like, okay, you are like best, best, best friends with all of these ah. people for real. You know, it seems like you and Mary Kate, are you guys just, I mean, did you know each other before or is just like a, I don't know, a new Friendship that just you guys are best friends, it looks like. Oh, my fellow double name friend. <laughs> um, so actually, I mentioned I was the standby for Glinda on Broadway for 16 months. Around the same time, she was the standby for Elphaba on tour. So we oh. were in separate companies, but in the same show. And I think, you know, the musical theater world is really small. And then the Wicked world is even smaller. So everybody oh. kind of knows of each other. Right. Um, a little over probably two and a half years ago, we ran into each other on the street once and just recognized each other via social media because the Wicked world is so small and she was yes. just leaving tour. So we just had a quick hello and she was with her brother and, and met him and, 
And that was kind of it until I heard she was coming in to, to play Alphaba on tour. And I had already been on tour for about six months at that point. And we joked that we had an instant bond from our first rehearsal. The first thing we did was sing For Good Together, which mm. is a beautiful song about yes. friendship. And yeah, you, you, we locked eyes and, and sang our <laughs> sweet little friendship love song and and things have never quite been the same (laughs) (laughs) I love it well it's fun to watch to me she's such a a great support system out on the road she's always looking out for me and, and the whole company and she's a fearless leader and oh my goodness so talented and and such a present actor and yeah, a joy, a joy to be with on stage. Wow. That's awesome. And I feel like you could tell from watching you guys that, wow, you guys really do care for each other, you know, and then seeing yeah, it in real life. Yeah, that is so awesome. Well, okay. One of the big questions I have is you, I mean, you're doing something that many of us only dream of doing. I mean, like you, you seem as if you've hit the jackpot. But I know with a lot of people who have reached big dreams and are living in their big dream, it's not really it for them. So what are you dreaming about next? What is your next goal? Right? We're always dreaming new dreams. <laughs> I think you have to be. And um, the first time I played Glinda on Broadway, I was 25. And I was like, I didn't think it was going to happen this young. And I was kind of like, oh, what now? <laughs> yes, yes. I, I think I started probably trying to dream new dreams around around that time. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point I was I was married to the love of my life, which was which was another dream. So, yeah, so yeah, I think I'm I think I'm very much in the thick of still dreaming new dreams and right now I'm getting to play Glinda eight times a week, which is which is wonderful, but every every musical theater job, maybe every job is is so temporary, um, right. especially in musical theater. You know, my husband is an air traffic controller and he went through training and and now he has pretty much job guarantee till 50, 55. Wow. Whereas <laughs> an actor never stops auditioning. You know, right. you're, always, you're always looking for the next thing and every contract ends and almost every show closes at some point. Right. Um, you know, Wicked is such a beautifully long running show. Thank goodness. Hopefully it's not going anywhere anytime soon. But right. my, my day of playing Glinda will end. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Um, I'd say I'm really interested in, with the time I spent back in New York, I had the opportunity to get to be a part of um, a number of workshops and labs. And in those kind of spaces, you're workshopping new works. Oh, wow. And it's always fun to get to originate and create. I do feel like I'm able to make Glinda my own, but to, you know, paint something, paint a new character from the ground up is a really unique and exciting process for an artist, you know, to, right. to birth something new, if wow, you will. Wow, yes. So I think it would be really cool to get to originate something. Mm-hmm. I'm also really interested in the film and TV world just because I feel like it's another means of storytelling, mm-hmm. another way to play. And, it, and it's very different, you know, performing, you know, and just having a camera versus having 2,000 people and immediately right. the responses. And, and so I'm very much so interested in, in exploring that as well. I've, I've tried to take classes and, and do meetings with 
casting directors for film and TV when I've been in New York. And so that's definitely a route I'm interested in exploring more as well. And will be easier to explore more once I'm back in New York City. Right, right. (laughs) That is awesome. Gosh, I love that so much. Okay. Um, Who are three people that you've looked up to or has inspired you along this journey? That's a good question. I think definitely, can I say my mom? Of course. <laughs> absolutely. We always want um, moms. <laughs> my mom's birthday was yesterday, so it feels uh, very pretty. Shout out to your birthday. My mom's amazing. Um, I have three brothers, so my mom was always kind of a sister to me mm-hmm. as well as my mom. Right. Especially more so now that I'm older. She's, she's my best friend, and I think I had such a great role model growing up. Um, she's definitely not a stage mom. She was never pushing me to perform, but she's always been very supportive. And I think she's a big dreamer, which is really cool. Their first year, they were missionaries in Germany for, sorry, the first year they were married. They were missionaries in Germany with Young Life. And that only happened because she kept exploring, you know, various opportunities. And I feel like she's always encouraged me to do the same. Right. Yeah. So she's always been a voice of reason and wisdom and, and she just has this huge heart for people. And I feel like Mm. having her love and having her example of how to love on people throughout my life has, has played a, you know, a big part in, in who I am and and who I want to be. Right. That's so awesome. Um, The second person I already (laughs) touched on, which is Allison Allen. Yes. Yes. I, I think about her all the time. It was really sweet when we were in Nashville. You saw the show in Nashville, correct? Yes, yes. When we were in Nashville, it was such a, that was a full circle dream big moment because I was getting to perform professionally for the first time in my hometown in my dream role. Wow. So it wow. was really sweet to have teachers and all these people who had played um, a big part in my growth as an artist, you know, from a young age right. present. Um, but Allison played such a big part in training me, I think, in, in really crucial years and, and letting her training inform me. And when we first started training together, actually, I was really interested in moving to LA and actually already had a manager and agent out there. And through a series of life events, had a change of heart and decided to go the university route wow. and decided I really wanted to pursue musical theater because that was my first love and get a college education. (laughs) So then then we kind of shifted our focus to, you know, doing prepping for college auditions because they're really competitive and getting more competitive all the time. You know, there's about 10 universities that every kid who wants to pursue musical theater auditions for. So there's thousands of kids and a very limited number of spots. My university accepted, I think we had six girls and 10 guys in my class. So I credit her for preparing me for my university auditions because it was like she got me to the next step. And then Elon obviously really prepared me for the real world as an actor. But she's an author and she's a speaker and she's a mom and she's a writer. And I... 
I, yeah, I have so much respect for her. Even in high school, she, she was writing plays and I got to go see her in shows and she, I got to perform in one of her shows when I was in college and she's, um, an incredible woman of faith and she's, yes, just always spoken truth into my life. Mm, I love that. That's so important to be surrounded by people like that. Oh man, Sarah, who am I going to pick for number three? <laughs> if you don't have a number three, I mean, I'm sure you're inspired by people all of the time. And mom, I guess, I, I don't know if this is silly, but can I pick Kristen Chenoweth? <laughs> oh yes. You know, she went to my high school. No. In Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes. You're I, kidding. No. Yeah, we're going to be in Tulsa in a couple months. Are you really? When are you going to go? Oh, maybe we're coming with my mom. That oh, would be please do. Fun. Yeah. We're there in September. Oh my gosh. Yes. We, my mom and I, and maybe my girls, we will come. Oh my awesome. goodness, that would be so fun. Okay, so Kristen Chenoweth, she, you know, I obviously saw her in the role when I was in seventh grade, and, and that was a huge inspiration for me. Yes. And then watching the way she conducts herself, and she wrote this beautiful book that I read as a girl, and it's, what is it? Um, oh, I'm going to forget the name of the book. Oh, I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> She is special, though. I mean, precious, precious, too. So I had the chance to meet her because I went and knocked on... Okay, her book is called A Little Bit Wicked, which I thought oh, was really it. cute. Life, Love, and Faith in Stages. So that's, that's the tagline I was trying to remember because she is a woman of faith, and um, it was really cool hearing her talk about and re read about her, her journey in this industry and how her faith played a part in that. So that was an inspiration to me as a girl. And, and now, <laughs> I don't know if this sounds crazy, but when I was in college, it was my freshman year, spring break, flew up to New York, slept on a friend's couch. I had this dream. I wrote it in my journal. I was like, this is going to be the week that I meet Kristen Chenoweth. Wow. I don't know. I don't know why I thought that would be a possibility, but I went and knocked on the door, the door, the stage door of Promises, Promises. Stop it. Stop. I was like, hi, I'm a theater student. Um, is there any way I can get a backstage tour of the theater? And I guess they were in tech at the time. And one of the associate directors actually ended up coming out and talking to me. And he said, come back tomorrow at six o'clock. They were so nice. And so I came back. Were you the next by day. yourself? I was by, yep, by myself. Wow, Just, girl, that's <laughs> bold. I love it. Literally knocking on doors. That's probably not, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's how we should live our life, knocking on doors. Love but, it. Love <laughs> or it. not, maybe. <laughs> um, but I came back the next day when he told me to. I brought one of my girlfriends, wore my pink dress. Because that was that's the plan, needed. right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, brought a dozen roses just in case the opportunity arose, and she was backstage because because they were in tech. And wow. oh my god, he showed us he showed us um, behind the scenes. He showed us under the stage. He showed us the wardrobe room, the shoes, everything. It was so cool. And I said, you know, these are for Kristen. If you could hand them to her, if she's available to say hi, that'd be awesome. He went and knocked on her door, and she was resting, and she came out in her robe, just oh. beaming all. Four feet eleven. <laughs> She's just precious. Um, of course, I had her book, a little bit wicked, with me just in case. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're prepared. That's awesome. She wrote me. She wrote me a, a note in the front of the book, and so I still I still have that, and got a photo with her, which was really sweet. Wow. Now has she seen you perform? Um, fast forward. 
He hasn't, not yet. Okay. <laughs> um, fast forward a few years, uh, a couple nights before my Broadway debut, one of my friends was performing with her as a backup dancer and got uh, for me a little video of her just wishing me good luck. Mm. So I have this really sweet video that was sent to me on the day of my Broadway debut from from Kristen. Wow, so, how special. She said, sorry the crown's so heavy. Sorry the <laughs> wand's so heavy. Just oh, make them God. laugh. Have a good time. I mean, she's, she's just precious. Oh, and it's wow. cool that she's had the opportunity to work in film and in movies and in sitcoms and right. written a book and done a Christian album and contemporary albums and Christ, uh, Christmas albums and Broadway and yes. concerts. And I feel like she's really explored all mediums of, of the industry. And so, yeah, that's a huge inspiration to me. That is so awesome. I love that. And I think she would be so proud of you. And all. Oh, thank you. you know? I mean, I think she'd be like, all right, way to represent. That is so awesome. So cool. Okay. My last thing that our um, listeners can go to our website, Destined for Greatness um, podcast and look at your scratch paper dreams. So um, I know that you were talking to me um, before we hit record about um, something that we were kind of laughing about, but that's so awesome is your journal with what you were hoping your husband would be like. Yes. So, and you might not want to share all of it, but I think it's really cool. The story that you were telling me about how you wrote it down and then lo and behold, your handsome husband matched everything that you had hoped for. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think God probably speaks to us in lists. (laughs) At least least to me, I had this, um, I had this ongoing list that I started. I probably started it when I was 15 and 16 and over the years, added and maybe took away some things and added some more and added some more. Um, but it's because, yeah, you'd have a bad breakup and you'd be like, Oh, I actually think I want this and this and my future husband. And that was, that was always a dream to, to get married. And I think, yeah, putting it, putting it on paper makes it feel tangible. And I mentioned to you that because it was just a piece of paper, I, I think I felt a sense of, freedom, you know, like nobody was going to judge me. Right. And I felt like I could dream as as big as I want and I could write anything that was silly or superficial because nobody was seeing it. It was just like for me and God. Right. I love that. But I think too, and that's why I love writing down my (laughs) dreams because I've been able to look back and be like, wow, I didn't even realize that that was just something on my heart that I really wanted. And right. now I can check it off, check it off, check it off, you know? So, right. Um, I think it's sweet too, to look back even now and be and and remember the desires of my heart from, mm-hmm. from when I was a kid and, and the way God brought those desires into fruition. Love that. Love so, that. so you want me to tell you some of the silly things yeah. on my list? <laughs> <laughs> I like, I, you know, I wanted, I, I put a lot of things of substance, you know, I wanted someone who was kind and honest and, and, and loved Jesus, but, but I, I, you know, if he had blue eyes, that was, that was a plus. If he played guitar, that would be really fun. We could make music together. And then probably the silliest one. And just, I think hilarious. Now I was like, if his last name could start with the letter M in true Southern girl fashion, then I wouldn't have to change. Monogram. <laughs> Monogram so, girls are so important. And so, you know, so important. <laughs> but God totally listened to the silly stuff that you had and made it all work because he matches all of that stuff, which is beautiful. Yep. So I, I, I keep, I keep my list. Oh, and then I, I got up at my rehearsal dinner and read the list out loud because even, you know, I felt like, like my, I'm, I'm, I was marrying this man who met 
all of my criteria. No, just kidding. All the all the things that I had been dreaming about for years before I even you know knew his name. Oh, that is so special. Wow. Jenna Claire, I just, I love you. I mean, I think the more time <laughs> I love you back, Sarah. <laughs> that I get to talk with you, it's just like, girl, you are real. You are living the dream and then dreaming for more. So I just want to thank you so much for being on our show, Destined for Greatness. And I just know that you truly are Destined for Greatness. And I'm excited to watch what God has in store for you next. Thank you. And thank you for for being an inspiration to me and to your kids and to so many by following your dreams and starting this podcast. And and thank you so much for having me. It's Uh, it's an honor. Well, hey, one more thing. um, You've got to say hello to Lucy, Lola, and Hank because they are just waiting at the edge of their seats to hear it. (laughs) Yes. Yes, of course. Oh. Lucy, Lola, Hank, I hope you come to Tulsa. Yes, <laughs> I hope I can see you. If you come and visit me, I can promise that um, I'll try my Glinda crowns on you and I'll sprinkle some glitter on your head. <laughs> That's all we need. Girl, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. And I will see you in September. I'm totally making that happen. So Yay. Oh, good. Yeah, we're in Tulsa. For, we're there for three weeks. Awesome. Yes. Okay. All right. Hey, thanks so much. Have a great day. And you have a show tonight, right? Yep. Every night, right? Every night. So yes. So <laughs> Monday. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, girl. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, you are destined for greatness.